Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host, the editor-in-chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Steven. Rick, how are you today? We're on day I don't know what anymore. Every, like, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Are we recording on the proper day? It's all a blur. Of sweatpants. Uh, we're, we're in the ballpark. We're, we're in the ballpark. That's all that matters. We're, we're probably the only ones in the ballpark these days. But yes, we're in the ballpark. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, we're back. We promised we'd be back. And here we are. Um, don't forget to, I should first off the top say, don't forget to be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report, as well as uh, following the All Habs Hockey Magazine on YouTube and the Flyers Report on YouTube, you know, all of those places that you can get great information from us. Uh, Rick, it's we said last week when we were here that whew, it was the first uh, episode in this, this new normal that we're all living and that everything was changing day by day. And uh, that trend certainly hasn't slowed down in the world at all, has it? It sure hasn't. There's uh, increasingly um, things are being closed. Uh, sports are disappearing. People are staying home. And uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Stay home. Save a life. Stay home. Um, I like it. And it, it is. And, and uh, if you can uh, work from from home, so much the better. Um and and I think that that people just need to um, relax um, and uh, and do the never mind the social distancing do the physical distancing and um, you know this it's going to take some time you got to be patient it's not going to be over in you know by a crazy date like Easter or anything this is going to carry on for a while um, and and just 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 relax um (laughs) you know just just relax take take this time and use it productively use it um use it to clean and organize use it to learn a new skill learn new language to read a book to um watch a movie to whatever it is um but or reconnect with people that's that's uh that's another thing that you can do but whatever it is um just relax and uh, and also listen to our podcast. Listen to Canadians Connection. Listen to some back issued podcasts when there was hockey, and everything will be fine. I agree. I like that. Everything will be fine. Well, and today everything will definitely be fine because it was my one and only mother who. Yeah. Notified me today of the National Day of the Week today. This was How does she know about glossettes? How does she know about what? Glossettes. Well, how's your it's 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 a Canadian thing. It's a British thing. Glossettes. How does how's your mom know about glossettes? Glossettes? Seriously, you don't have those down there either? Chocolate-covered raisins or chocolate-covered 
peanuts are glacettes, and it's National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. So go out and get your your glossette, your boxes of glossettes. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't call glossettes. What kind of word is glossettes. that? They're raisinettes here. Raisinettes. No, glossettes. Raisinettes. Mike Habs, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike knows all Poor this Mike stuff. Poor Mike Habs is just going to be our go. <laughs> he's he's my go-to, go-to guy. guy. Yeah, for this yeah. stuff. <laughs> he'll he'll send you a picture. He'll send you a picture of a box of glossettes. I, I, I know that's going to happen. I I look forward to that. Uh, no, my my mom, bless her heart. Um, let me know first thing this morning that it's something very near and dear to my heart and anyone particularly of uh, my flyers uh, comrades out there who are listening, y'all know what today is. All of you Philly folks know what today is and it is national cheesesteak day. That is right. No imposters. No. Oh, welcome to Boston where we have, we make a great, Philadelphia cheesesteak. No, you don't. If you call it a Philadelphia cheesesteak, I guarantee it's going to taste like crap. It's not going to taste anything like a cheesesteak because um, you don't need to quantify that it's a Philadelphia cheesesteak. A cheesesteak is a cheesesteak. If it ain't from Philly, it ain't a cheesesteak. I hate to break it to you. Uh, and I, 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 remember, a- I, I remember seeing a, um, a video. It was, it, it's, a, it's a guy in Ontario, uh, Southern Ontario, who does these little travel videos and he had a video of himself going into various um, shops in Philadelphia. Ask, may I have a Philadelphia cheesesteak, please? Oh God. <laughs> and I'm like sure every clerk get, behind the counter looked at him like, up. Oh, you're a tourist. <laughs> no, it's just a cheesesteak. And I live, I live about an hour north of the city. And unfortunately, the region of Pennsylvania I live in has their own version of a cheesesteak, which I find to be exceptionally vile. Um, and it's the reason why I unfortunately don't eat a lot of cheesesteaks around my area, like in my region that I live in. Um, I drive the hour down to Philly to get to get some good cheesesteaks. Um so it's National Cheesesteak Day, and I'm, I'm, you know, practicing good social distancing with my husband and I are. So we're not even doing like takeout or delivery. We're like, you know, we're we're being as careful as we possibly can be. Uh, so it means I'm going to have to like postpone National Cheesesteak Day, which is kind of sad, but going to get it soon. Going to get it soon. So you. You must have been pretty excited about yesterday's national day, which was National Chip and Dip Day, if you were staying home and, and just having oh, snacks. I had chips. We had chips yesterday, uh, fresh out of dip, and that's like mm. my favorite. Yeah. Well, and yeah. don't forget about Friday, because that's National Joe Day. And we have national, a Joe on our like staff. Like Joe Whalen? Yeah, it's National, National Joe, Joe Whalen, Whalen Day. Day. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't yeah. that last week uh, on his birthday? Uh, he gets two in a row, the lucky guy. Um, really? Yeah. Now, a National Joe Day is to find somebody named Joe. Uh, if you're in Buffalo, look for Joe Yurden. If you're um, in anywhere in St. John's, look for Joe Whalen. Uh, and take them for a cup of Joe. 
uh, a distance, uh, social distancing, of course. <laughs> really? All right. Well, I, what what day is that on Friday? Friday, yeah. Hmm. Well, since we are practicing good social distancing, all of us, on Friday, I will be sure to toast the Joes when I have my cup of Joe in the morning. We'll find some COVID-19 appropriate methodology to celebrate National Joe Day. Perfect. That's weird. It's weird. Now I want a cheesesteak. We have plenty to chat about today. We're going to start off in our first segment giving you some updates on, believe it or not, there is news uh, that is still happening in the hockey world. And so around the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers, we've got a couple of contract signings to talk to you about. Um, in addition to that, um, some <laughs> roster movement that happened last week. Last week? I think it was last week. Uh, that's interesting to note that unless you were listening to the Canadians Connection on Saturday, it's not something you probably will see anywhere on social media, um, as well as uh, another announcement that the Canadians made uh, in terms of how they're currently dealing with the pause on the NHL season. In the second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. Uh, we're going to give our thoughts on this. I realize that there is no sports happening right now, and um, but you almost wouldn't know it if you looked at social media uh, or on NBC Sports because there are esports games and races and so forth happening all the time. And so we're going to give our thoughts on that uh, now that esports seems to have taken over the sporting landscape to fill the gap. Um, and also, speaking of filling the gap, players and teams in general are having to get really creative on um, their content that they put out with no actual hockey games to discuss. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And then finally, in the third segment, we go beyond the AHL. We have an update on Canadians prospect Yoni Ikenen, Um for you, as well as more postponements in the sporting world due to coronavirus. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. And we're going to also tell you about a special guest that we have coming up on next week's show that you're not going to want to miss. So, Rick, we've got, a, we've got a lot to talk about today, and I think it's going to be a really fun show. I'm looking forward to it. So I guess we'll kick things off. Since it is National Cheesesteak Day, my Philadelphia brethren, it is it is your day. So we'll start with the Flyers and their news. Um, happy to report that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have announced that they have signed center Tanner Lazinski to his entry-level contract. Um, Lazinski has played the last four years for Ohio State in the NCAA. He was drafted by the Flyers in 2016. Uh, he's a Six foot one, two hundred five pound right sh- right shot. Um, at at Ohio State, he put up some impressive numbers. He had one hundred and forty three points there over his four seasons, forty eight goals, ninety five assists. Uh, he served as alternate captain his senior year and led the team in scoring with thirty four points, which in the Big Ten Conference uh, tied him for third place. Um, as far as goals scored and then uh, 23 assists ranked him second in the conference as well. So a really big scoring leader there, uh, not only for Ohio state, but for the conference as well. 
um, led the team and the Big Ten on power, on the power play with 17 points, including a including 14 power play assists. Um, I mean, the the accolades, Rick, for this young man just kind of rack up and rack up. He he also was on the Team USA uh, roster in 2017 at the World Juniors, where they went on to win gold. He appeared in all seven of those games, scoring one goal and one assist in the tournament. Um, so this is a this is a big get for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, um, Tanner Luzinski, and it uh, something for fans certainly to be excited about uh, real soon. He had a great season um, with, as you said, at Ohio State uh, this past season, um, almost at a point of game pace, more of a playmaker uh, than a scorer. But for um, a sixth round pick uh, back in in uh, 2016, 169th overall is pretty savvy pick, uh, and he's he's progressed pretty well. And and uh, I expect we'll see him with the Phantoms um, when uh, when things resume or or next season. You know, we've talked a lot in recent weeks about um, Cole Caulfield and his readiness to jump after his freshman year in the NCAA from Wisconsin to somewhere within the Montreal Canadiens organization. We've talked uh, in the past, you know, about Ryan Paling, a number of guys at different levels of their collegiate career, making the jump to pro hockey. Now here's a case for Tanner Lazinski. Maybe it was because he was a sixth round pick and, and, and big expectations weren't riding on his shoulders, but whatever the case may be, whatever the reasoning is that they allowed him to, to go through all four seasons of his collegiate career. uh, You're now looking at a 22 year old ready to make the jump to, to the pro level who has spent four solid seasons uh, fine tuning his game in a very competitive league, the NCAA in a very competitive conference. The big 10 conferences is not an easy conference to succeed in. And the fact that not only has he done well, uh, but he also this season is leading or in the top three, top five in some categories um, in points and power play. It shows that uh, this it kind of goes right along with the things that we've been saying about Cole Caulfield on the Montreal Canadian side, where the long staying in the NCAA is not a bad thing. Um, and so I think Tanner Lazinski is going to be ready to go. Um, the 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 style of hockey in the AHL uh, sure it's it's there'll be a, a transitional period as there is for anyone switching leagues but I think for Tanner Lozinski that that window is going to be a lot shorter than it would be for someone like Cole Caulfield. Well, um, you know, a lot was made about uh, Cole Caulfield's freshman season and and uh, he he uh, certainly as far as offensive numbers he had a good season. Uh, not a complete player there yet, but if you look at Tanner Lazinski, had equivalent numbers uh, to uh, Cole Caulfield in his freshman year, that was 2016-17, and then stayed another three years uh, and um, kept up that point-of-game pace uh, throughout his collegiate career. So um, I, I think that's just to put things into perspective that – um, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with Cole Caulfield, uh, spending another season, at least another season in, in, uh, Wisconsin and in, in the NCAA and that it's, it's obviously been ben- beneficial for other, for prospects of other organizations. 
It has. And so uh, I look again, I echo what we talked about last week that I believe Caulfield, his agent and the coaches involved uh, made the right decision that he'll be going back to Wisconsin for his sophomore year. And at the same time, I am very excited to see what Tanner Lazinski brings to camp uh, this, this fall when things get underway. Um, Particularly with, with what he's done uh, over the past couple of seasons, it should be pretty exciting. Uh, moving over to the Montreal Canadiens, there is a contract that's been signed there as well. Um, Mark Bergevin announced uh, late last week um, that, and it's, it's interesting to me that this happens on you know March 19th in the middle of a paused season, but okay, um, that they've locked up Alex Belzeal for another year on a one-year two-way contract uh, for the 2020-2021 season. Um, he gets a slight bump in his AHL salary uh, as opposed to his contract from last year. Um, the 28-year-old, of course, has been kind of the face of the Laval Rocket for the past season or so. He's uh, unfortunately went out with a season-ending in- uh, injury Um not too far into into the season, about almost halfway through the season, um, but was able to play 20 games this season with the Rocket, uh, seven goals and seven assists, uh, missed 42 games due to injury. Um, and, you know, as I say, he's he's been a, a fan favorite. He's been an organization favorite. Um, in fact, Mark Bergevin was quoted in the press release saying um, that, Alex has continued to impress us with his determination and work ethic. He's a role model for the younger players we have developing in Laval um, and talks go on, goes on to talk about his leadership qualities, which will help him quote. I'm some, still quoting Bergevin here, leadership qualities that will help him battle for a roster spot at training camp next season. <laughs> so I, before I, before I make a comment about that, congratulations to Alex Belzeal. Obviously, uh, this, is a, this is a player that they want to continue to be kind of the face of the organization. But, um, and so kudos to him, uh, you know, unfortunate about his season-ending in- injury. Um, but, Rick, the fact that Bergevin is already setting the stage that he expects him to come in and compete for a roster spot in the fall is, a, is, a, is an interesting bit of foreshadowing. Um, Alex Belzeal is, is definitely, uh, a tweener, uh, you know, the, that guy that's in between kind of leagues, uh, but it's not the AHL and NHL, it's the AHL and ECHL and, and where he's divided up his, his career in, in both leagues. And, and he's a likable guy. He's, um, he provides a great quote. He's got that that smile, but he's, he's, uh, he's a 28 year old journeyman player who's, um, you know, toiled around the league. Yes. He played in the queue many years ago for the Oceanic and, um, and, and so he's got a natural following because of that. Um, And, and, and he's popular with, with reporters too, but he, you know, um, he works hard, but, but the skill just isn't there. Um, you know, he's not a, a very offensive player. He has his, his deficiencies defensively. He takes far too many, um, unnecessary penalties. And, um, but he's just, I, I guess, as you said, the face of, of the Laval rocket now. And, and, uh, but 
things are 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 desperately wrong if if uh if Alex Belzeal is competing for a uh spot on the uh next year's opening roster of the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Um and as I, as I said, you know, it's a bit of foreshadowing there, so expect that to be the storyline going into camp that they'll be keeping a tight eye on Alex Belzeal. Um We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I'm not saying that um, Belzeal doesn't work hard and that he that he has, you know, it's not to take away anything from the points that he has put up and 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 the the success that he's had at the AHL level. I just let's not put the cart before the horse, perhaps. Um, now, Rick, interestingly enough, there wasn't a press release about this. Nor was it. I don't. I. I don't even think it. I don't think a single media outlet uh, in Montreal, other than ours, uh, reported this. At least not that I saw. But um, I heard from you first, actually. Um, and I don't. Do our are are our listeners aware that Jake Evans was um, sent back to sent down to Laval from the Montreal Canadiens last week? Yeah, last Monday, and it was something Chris and Chris uh, G and I talked about um, that it, it, we were trying to figure out why why it would happen. This is after, well after the the league had been uh, put on pause. Both both leagues, both the NHL and AHL, had been put on pause, and um, there was just a, a notation in the AHL's transaction list that Jake Evans had uh, was returned on loan from Montreal. Now, a, a few other teams uh, had made similar kind of moves. Um, so whether it's, you know, required um, uh, thinking that, that there was going to be a quicker return to, let's say, the AHL, and and um, Jake Evans could, could then um, – participate in the run to the playoffs and, 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 and in the playoffs. I, I just don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and of course that followed uh, the previous week where uh, just prior to the season shutting down, Lucas Vedemo had been returned uh, to Laval. He was up uh, on emergency recall. Um, Jonathan Druin come, came back and, and Vedemo sent down. So I'm not quite sure why J- Jake Evans would have been sent down. Um, I, I, I just have to think it's, there's, they're just cleaning up some paperwork, uh, for, uh, some sort of eligibility if the season was to return. And of course that, uh, gets less likely, uh, as each day passes. It, it is, it is curious. Um, but as you say, perhaps it's just, uh, cleaning up some, some loose ends and some paperwork, but, uh, that's why you folks listen to the Rocket Sports Media podcasts because um, I don't believe anybody else was reporting on that little transaction. So uh, great job to you and Chris G for for finding that little tidbit and passing it along. Uh, now the big thing that's you know at first it was when gosh we're almost at two weeks. We're just a couple days shy of it being two weeks since uh, the NHL hit the pause button, since Gary Bettman finally said, okay, I guess I have to. Um, and, of course, in the, in the course of that first week or so, um, the big push was um, 
everyone making sure that teams and arenas were going to find a way to compensate uh, hourly workers from the arenas who would suddenly be without a paycheck because because of the cancellations of of the NBA season um, and and the NHL season and so on and so forth. This week, particularly yesterday and today, the shift is now to what the NHL and NHL franchises are doing to scale back on their own staff. Um, The Canadians, of course, uh, put out a press release today um, basically saying that Group CH has made the decision to go with a temporary reduction in personnel, meaning that they're going to temporarily lay off about 60% of the organization's employees uh, effective next Monday, March 30th. that's going to, you know, that's going to be a lot of front office staff. It also trickles down to the Laval Rocket organization as well. They'll they'll run with essential 40% uh, employees. However, Group CH has managed to figure out a way to establish a $6 million assistance fund, which will help enhance employment insurance benefits for eight weeks, ensuring that the employees who are laid off will receive 80% of their base salary during this period. Um, And of course they're saying as soon as they're able to get employees back to work full time, um, as the situation goes on, they're happy to do that. Now it'll be interesting to see how this is received in the social media world. Um, Earlier today, the NHL filed an announcement uh, with ESPN saying that the NHL was temporarily cutting league office employees salary, uh, sorry, cutting league office employees salaries by 25%. So not laying anyone off. They're hoping to do this as a way to mitigate having to lay anyone off in the NHL offices, but that that means that those employees, instead of being laid off right now are going to have their, salary cut by 25%. Interestingly enough, the the entertainment group that owns the New Jersey Devils also happens to own the Sixers. Um, they came out with a similar uh, a similar mandate. It was either yesterday or today. Um, let me see if I can find um, that they were going to do the same type of thing that they were, they were going to um, ask full-time employees, salaried employees, in other words, exempt employees, asking them to take a temporary 20% pay cut as a way to help them keep all of their hourly workers paid throughout the season. And they got so much backlash that, um, Josh Harris, who is the founder of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, which owns the Devils and the Six, had to completely reverse course and say, okay, we hear you. Um, after listening to our staff and players, it's clear that this was the wrong decision. We've reversed it. We'll be paying these employees their full salaries. Um, it's an extraordinary time in our world, unlike any most of us have ever lived through before. Ordinary business decisions are not enough to meet the moment to our staff and fans. I apologize for getting this wrong. So, Rick, it'll be interesting to see uh, 
so that those folks, they've already gotten backlash and now they're reversing course. Will the NHL league offices get that kind of backlash? Will the Canadians get that kind of backlash that they're laying off 60% of their employees? It's, it's like everything's kind of like, you know, everyone's in uncharted waters and companies are trying to make decisions that they think is right. And then there's social pushback. Um, you know, how do you know how to navigate it? Every day we hear of, of hundreds of businesses that um, are, are having a real tough time. And, and um you mentioned uh, New Jersey, and and um, I, I just happened to think of kind of opposite ends of the scale: the New Jersey Devils versus uh, a little pizza shop I saw on the news in in uh, yeah. New Jersey that has decided to take out a, a loan. Um, fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars is that what it was? Uh, in I order to so, yeah. pay his his employees for the next thirty days because he doesn't want to uh, lose them. Uh, a small um, independently owned pizza shop. And you look at an organization like uh, the Montreal Canadiens, um, who aside from their group CH and, and, uh, and never mind Molson's and, and, and all of that, but um, the franchise that is the Montreal Canadiens is, is valued at one uh, valued by Forbes uh, on the most recent list. They are third on that list. Uh, at $1.34 billion. Um, and I understand that they've had uh, a reduction in their revenue, but that reduction is four home games, whatever they take in from four home games, uh, because there wasn't going to be any playoffs. Playoffs aren't happening. Um, no playoffs at all. Uh, so four home games they're missing the revenue from and does that does that translate into them cutting 60 percent of the staff um and 60 percent of the staff uh, this is not the game day staff which which was a, a separate issue these are are 60 percent of the the organization's employees um and and yes they're going to top up their ei um so that they can get up to, to, to 80% of their, their salary. But there's still all those, those employees um, that have had to take a 20% pay cut. Um, the, the, the parachute is coming uh, from the government. Ma- vast majority of the parachute is coming from the government, not uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And it just seems... Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't seem right. Uh, I know that Bettman had a, had a conference call with owners yesterday. He had a, a, a conference call with GMs today. And, and uh, one of the things that they were going to talk about yesterday was league revenue and, um, and how that would translate uh, towards next year's salary cap and all of that. And so uh, maybe they've, they got some uh, bad news, uh, in yesterday's meeting, but um, the, the the Montreal Canadiens are are not uh, an organization in difficulty. And you know, if, if this adds if this adds a few weeks to their off season, um, because the season would have ended um, the first week of April, anyways. Why does why does that translate into being able to to turf temporarily? Uh, 
turf sixty uh, percent of their employees. I, 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 I don't. I, I, I this leaves a, a real bad taste. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, the NHL organization perhaps is in a little bit of a different scenario, and at least they're okay. It's not ideal to have your salary cut, but at least you still get to work. Um, so, you know, perhaps that approach is, is seen a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's, as you say, it's, these are, these are companies, these are organizations, as you, as you say, worth millions, if not billions of dollars. Um, and to think that they just have to lay off 60%, if, if you're laying off 60% of your, your salaried employees, yet you're coming up with a $6 million fund to pay them for the next eight weeks, 80% of their salary. Why not just keep them on for the next eight weeks at 80% salary? Like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm oversimplifying things. I'm sure there's other factors at hand, but it just, as you say, it doesn't quite make sense. Um, And if a little shop owner from Belmar, New Jersey, uh, who owns a pizza place, like you mentioned, it's a great story, took out a $50,000 loan so that he can play, pay his workers who, who can't come into the restaurant right now. Um, like, that's pretty admirable. And I'm glad to see that, that someone like that is getting plenty of attention because he still is doing, um, you can still do, like, takeout or delivery of, of his pizza and whatnot. So everyone's saying, hey, Go to go buy call him up and buy a pizza because he's doing great things for his employees. Um, the landscape economically is is something that most of us have never seen in our lives anywhere. U.S., Canada, Europe, you name it. Um, and it's going to be a tricky trail to traverse. Say that three times fast um, <laughs> over the next weeks, months, um, and, and potentially years. We don't know. Um, but every, I think every organization has to stop looking just at the bottom line and look at their company as a whole. And their company is grossly made up of the people who work there. Um, and I think that can't get lost in the, in the sole focus on the bottom line. On that note, uh, we will take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and... Rick, I'll be very curious to chat with you about this new esports phenomenon that has swept the sporting world in the last week and a half. We're going to talk about it on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. 
Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can also find Rick at All Habs, and you can find me at Flyers Rule. So, Rick, we're, uh, we're here to talk about sports, hockey. You know, I thought two weeks ago, the NHL and the AHL hit the pause button and, you know, the NBA put hit the pause button, the MLB hit the pause button, NASCAR hit the pause, everybody. If if your tournaments and, and end-of-season things weren't canceled, they were postponed. But it's odd, if I flip through channels and I go to NBC Sports, or if I look online on Twitter, there's games happening all the time. There was a there was a car race that was run this weekend that apparently was met with rave reviews, so they're going to continue to do that. Um, is it just me, or is this esports thing a little? I don't know. Like, am I showing my age? I am. I'm like I. I if someone would pay me to sit around and play PS3 all day, PS4 all day, whatever play video games all day, I would be the first to sign up for it. Video game girl from way back, like since I was a kid. Um, but for whatever reason, this esports thing, I just don't understand the point. One thing I've learned <laughs> yeah, is that the E, e Druan is way better than than the the real the real Jonathan Duran. The really? E. Duran has been unbelievable. Um in fact the Montreal Canadians tweeted that the the trio of E. Duran, E. Domi, and E. Gallagher, uh that line was buzzing all night and they were amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. Can we keep them? <laughs> I, I I think that that um that Jonathan Duran should uh, his next contract negotiation he could should take in his e stats and um and benefit from that. I think I think maybe he's going to yeah. spend his summer watching video of his e performances. <laughs> um as, as you said there's there's nothing wrong with um it, it was it was Mike Habs that said uh, hey how about talking about um EA 20 and, and, and we might do that in the upcoming weeks, um, uh, the NHL 20 and, and, um, and yeah, I, I think that's, that's fabulous. Um, but these simulations and the simulations where, you know, as I said on Canadians connection, the, the Canadians run a simulation again in, in a game against the Kings, their simulation, the Canadians win the Kings simulation, the Kings win, um, so it's kind of meaningless. It's, it's, it's kind of meaningless. And it, it seems there was some initial, um, excitement about these kinds of games on, on, uh, social media, but, but it seems that that is, uh, even, even amongst those trying to, to, to stay in touch with, with the game via these simulations, that's kind of, uh, um, I, I, I well, it's, it's, it's petering out. It, it seems, um, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've. I, sorry, I was just going to say I've seen teams, you know, saying, "Oh, we've added so and so to our roster on a VTO, which I guess is a virtual tryout." And so they're adding mm-hmm. players to their online roster. Um, in fact, yesterday, the Syracuse Crunch and Iowa Wild had a game scheduled in the afternoon to play, and they only got through a period of it because the server crashed twice because so many people were on the same server trying to run game simulations. I was like, maybe this is a sign. Maybe we should stop. Like, Stop. <laughs> Could we stop? <laughs> I'm not going to tune in to NBC, home of the Olympics, home of the NHL play. I'm not going to turn in, tune into NBC to essentially watch a computer play out a video game game of hockey. I just there I my level and I get it like Twitch and and streaming of of. You know, video game streaming is now like a big thing. I get that it's not. I it's not for me. Um, I'm when I play video games, I like I I crawl in a hole and I like I I play single player games because I just like to be alone in my video game world. But I get that like kids now like they, you know, yeah, you go and they go on YouTube and they can watch each other play their play video games. Apparently that's a form of entertainment for younger people than me now. Um, great. I, I do not see the fun in that at all. Like it's one thing if I'm sitting watching my husband play like call of duty or something like that, but that's entertaining. That's, but, but just, okay, let's just let the computer play itself and we'll watch and pretend it's real. Like I just, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm no, I'm with you. I, um, I, I guess people are grasping at straws to try and cope um, with the, you know, withdrawal of 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 hockey. But um, um, you're, you're, I don't know. I'd rather see people out in the road playing road hockey or or um, or doing other things uh, to get. Uh, you know, keeping distance and, and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, taking shots on your own. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't get the uh, watching simulations. Uh, playing the games is one thing. Watching simulations. Uh, don't get it. No, sorry. Called me old. I'm a fi- If that makes me officially at get off my lawn status, then I fully embrace it. <laughs> I'm fully there. Now, on the flip side of the coin, we obviously understand uh, teams like shout out to every sports team, social media person, social media content creator right now, because I can't imagine what it's like living in their brains right now, trying to do whatever they can to create content that's engaging for their fans. Um And some things I think aren't going so well, like the things I've seen that I appreciate, um, some teams are promoting that they are airing 
um, on local TV stations or even streaming on the the team's website, um, classic kind of vintage games from the teams or doing uh, historical lookbacks at the team. That kind of stuff I think is pretty neat. Um, I also like that I've seen, um, in fact, I think the Canadians, uh, athletic trainer did this, but I've seen a couple of other team athletic trainers doing um, stay at home, staying at home, isolating at home uh, workout tips. So they'll do like little videos that say, okay, here's a, here's a little at home workout that you can do while you're at home self-isolating or quarantined. Um, that kind of stuff I think, I think is really innovative, um, Rick. So it's, there are some things I think players and teams and even individual players are having to get creative on how to stay engaged, stay relevant, uh, keep, keep their fans engaged and, and entertained and, but not go too far. Right. So the AHL, you're talking about content creators um, and social, social media, um, moderators and, and um, the AHL tweeted um, that we're bringing back AHL Trivia Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they asked a trivia question at the 2020 All-Star Skills Competition. Ontario Rain forward Martin Frick set a new record in the hardest shot competition. How fast was his shot? Um, and they list four answers and... Um, uh, ask people to vote. Was it hmm. 109.1 miles per hour, 109.2, 109.3, or 109.4? Well, I guess obviously they were starting us off with an easy one, right? I mean, because uh, everyone knows that it's 109.2, right? I mean, that's just something everybody knows. It right? is. Well, that's the answer. But apparently... <laughs> Only 34% got that, that answer correct. Um, I had a little help. I'll, I'll admit I had a little help. Mm. I wouldn't have known that answer. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I like that idea. Get some yeah. trivia out there. Get people thinking or even Googling to dig through historical things to find out. You know, That's okay. That's a good interactive way of, of getting involved. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's it, life is very different right now for everyone, and it's kind of it's kind of an interesting social experiment to sit back and and look to see how everyone is coping. Some people are very quiet. Some people haven't changed one bit on social media. Others are scrambling for any way to get attention. Um, others are obviously bored out of their minds, which, I mean, the day I get to that point of boredom, I will I'm gonna pop a bottle of champagne because I'm just busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, coronavirus or not. Um, so it's and really some interesting. some mainstream media sports <laughs> reporters have turned their attention to um, less weighty subjects. Uh, Eric Ingalls tweeting today. Uh, let's talk about something important. Are you a crunchy or a smooth peanut butter person? Strawberry or raspberry jam? And what's your ratio for jam versus peanut butter? I mean, I think, wow, that's some hard hitting yeah. news right there. Yeah, I will say that um, I'd I'd have to go smooth peanut butter 
Um, I take strawberry or raspberry, but I, for peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I prefer the raspberry. Um, and there has to be an even ratio, one-to-one jam and peanut butter. So, so now we're, now we're, we're participating. We're answering this question. Yeah. We, we just participated. Yeah. Okay. We could all no, be like I'm... Jeff Molson. If you want to hear what Rick and Joe Whalen thought of what Jeff Molson has come up oh with. Oh my to do, goodness. That was terrible. Then you should go and listen to this past Saturday's episode of Canadians connection. And you will hear all about what Jeff Molson's idea of create creative content on social media is recently and what Rick and Joe think about it. Trust me, if you mm. missed it on Saturday, you need to go listen to it because it's very entertaining. <laughs> very, very entertaining. Um, I, I'm going to end this segment on a good note. Um, cute story. That's the one thing I'm really enjoying. Times of crisis, there's happy stories to be found. Uh, you mentioned the, the pizza shop owner, which I think is a very nice, which is a really good human interest story. Uh, this is just an adorable story. This story also happens to come out of New Jersey. Uh, there is a a street in a little neighborhood suburb somewhere in New Jersey, uh, with which has a lot of the same school age kids live all on the same block. Um, and so, of course, they're all now homeschooling. They're all distance learning at home. Um, and... But to maintain some sense of normalcy in their day, every morning, I think it's at 8 a.m., they and their parents go down to each of the ends of their driveways, so there's plenty of social distancing, and at the top of their lungs, as they would normally do in class every morning, they collectively recite the Pledge of Allegiance to start their day. (laughs) Nice. There is a video of it floating around out there on social media. I highly suggest you go look for it if uh, if you haven't seen it already. It's quite cute um, and good for. I mean, and they're so they're so excited to do it. I think, and it's just, I think it's a great idea to give them a sense of something normal that they would do to start their day, um, and really great that that their parents are still in for reinforcing those values and whatnot. So, love to see that kind of stuff. I also enjoy the, there's a, um, I want to say it's in the UK. There's a nursing home who they've been on lockdown for so long. Um, you know, the residents were getting a little restless. Uh, so in order to keep social distancing, if you haven't seen the video of, of the nurses who are wheeling around in the, I guess, in the rec room area at, the, at this nursing home, wheeling around a bunch of residents who are playing life-size, human-size version of Hungry Hungry Hippos. Every every one of the residents has has a really long broom, has like a long broom handle with an upside-down laundry basket on the end of it, and there's just these little bouncy balls all over the floor, and as they wheel them around, all the residents are trying to scoop as many balls as they can underneath their little laundry baskets on the ends of their broom handles. It is absolutely adorable and they're having a blast. Um, (laughs) So look for that one too. (laughs) From the young to the old, um, really cute stories. On that note, we are going to take one last break. And when we come back, we'll go beyond the AHL. We're going to give you an update on Habs prospect Yoni Ikenen. He was in the news this week. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the state of sports uh, in this current landscape. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this.
Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can find Rick at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, because, yes, uh, while we may not have any, you know, simulated game content, we do have a lot of good content that's still coming out. Uh, in fact, my my dear friend Chris G., uh, my colleague here at the AHL Report, uh, he is still putting out his weekly notepad articles. He's alternating weeks between uh, a notepad focused on the Montreal Canadiens, and then uh, the next week it'll be a notepad on the Laval Rocket. And so this week he does, uh, he has just published within the last day this, uh, this week's um, Rocket notepad. So he's got some thoughts uh, and some news that he discusses in depth there. So make sure you're following along at the AHL report to get notifications of things like that. Uh, there'll be some new things coming as well to help um, keep you entertained and, and uh, engaged during this, during this time. Um, and Rick, it's uh, never ending news. Um, we were speaking about Tanner Lazinski and Alex Belzeal in the first segment. Well, if we look beyond uh, the AHL and we look over in the European leagues, uh, a player that Hams fans are quite familiar with, we're quite familiar with, we've, we've covered him for, for a while, interviewed him a few times, watched him play, live uh, a number of times and that's Yoni Ikenen. Uh and it seems he has signed a new contract for two years to continue playing overseas. Is that correct? He has. Uh, he's changed uh, teams um, moving from, uh, well, we, we remember he started with uh, Forlunda uh, in the Swiss League, then came back to the uh, Finnish Elite League uh, playing with Kalpa and, and now he's uh, He's moved from the sword to the links and uh, the links being uh, a bit better team. Um, at least this past year uh, uh, would have been a playoff team. Now, Yoni Ikenen didn't play at all uh, this past season. Uh, he was injured in training camp and he was coming off from the previous season, uh, a season where he was also injured and only, only participated in 
uh, 13 games. So we have to go back to the 2017-18 season uh, when he last played a full season. So uh, hopefully um, he'll be a little bit more fortunate uh, this year. He's got a a start with a new team, and uh, they seem um, quite happy to have him in their press Mm -hmm. release. Um, uh, They're they're looking forward to having him make the adjustment uh, to their team um, and uh, and uh, contribute offensively and and, uh, a a very complete player when he uh, when he's playing his um, his game and. um, and one of those players, I guess, when we saw him at practice at the um, World Juniors, he, he there's there's nothing that makes him happier than being on the ice playing hockey. Um, he he just enjoyed every second that he was out practicing, <laughs> and he didn't want to come off the ice. Uh, and he's very um, um, he's quiet, but but uh, gets excited when he's talking about the game. Um, so I'm, we wish him, um, um, uh, a healthy season, uh, for the upcoming year. Absolutely. And as you say, you know, it, there's some players we cover, some players, anyone watches play hockey, uh, who, that you just can tell that it, that playing the game just brings them sheer joy, no matter what. And absolutely. Yoni Ikenen is one of those. In fact, we've, we've asked him about that. And when we asked him about that, he broke out into a giant smile and I just have fun, uh, you know, even during warmups, he has a blast during warmups. It's just, he's, he's a, he's forever. A, I think a kid at heart on a pair of skates, anytime he's on the ice. Um, and as you say, he's, he's been plagued by injury a bit, really hoping for a, a, a good start for him this coming year. Um, and maybe a change of scenery will help him with that. And, and fingers crossed that uh, the injury bug doesn't bite him again. So, so great news and hopefully good things come for Yoni Ikenen. Um, with that being said, everyone's hoping that next se- you know, we're talking about these new contracts uh, and everyone is certainly hoping that next season gets everything quote unquote back to normal, but really that's still up in the air Um, because as we've said it a few times in this, in this program today, things keep changing at a global level, at a national level, at a regional level, at a local level, day by day, week by week, minute by minute, hour by hour. It's just constantly changing. Um, And so who knows? Um, as you mentioned that Gary Bettman spoke with the owners yesterday, had a board of governors call yesterday. Of course, the the season for the NHL is still officially in pause. Um, I think they're still trying to, to figure out the logistics of when they get the green light, which no one knows when that's going to be, how they're going to still award the Stanley Cup this season. I think the AHL is is waiting to see what the NHL is going to do before they – make a decision at that level, but things still continue to happen. Um, it was finally announced this week that the world, um, the IIHF announced that the, the worlds was going to be canceled finally. Um, and finally after, you know, it came out earlier this week that the IOC said, well, uh, we still don't know if we're going to postpone the Olympics. We're going to give ourselves another four weeks to decide that. And they got so much pushback within 24 hours of particularly from athletes from Canada and the U S saying, we're not coming. 
We are well, not what, coming. <laughs> who, who, what happened? What happened? The IOC said, we're going to take some time to uh, make up our mind. And Canada said, hey, we're not coming. They officially said uh, through the, the Canadian Olympic team, we're not coming. We're not sending athletes. And then the games were closed. So you see how much hmm. power Canada has in this That's kind of world. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So it did not take long after their, we're going to give ourselves a four-week window announcement to finally have Shinzo Abe, Prime Minister of Japan, come out and say, okay, we've spoken with the IOC, and yeah, officially the Olympics will be postponed to 2021. Uh, it is the first time in Olympic history that an Olympic Games has been postponed. Uh, so it is certainly a historic, an historic moment. Um, you know, I heard someone say this on, on the news the other day. We are currently living in one of those times where 20, 30, 40 years from now, kids, grandkids, great-grandkids are going to say, were you around during that coronavirus? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, you're living history right now. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not history to be happy about. But uh, glad to see that the IOC finally got their acting gear. It would not have been wise to even attempt uh, the Olympic Games this year. Um, I can't stress enough that, and I don't even want to say them canceling it is being overcautious. I think it's just common sense. But if you want to look at it as being overcautious, I don't think it's a bad thing to be overcautious, uh, overcautious in today's environment. Um, I, I'm a rather be safe than sorry kind of person personally. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of concerns about the economy. There's a lot of concerns about unemployment. There's a lot of concerns about people paying the bills, and I'm I'm one of them. I'm right there. I I must I am an I'm an independent contractor. I run my own business. Um, so yes, it's it's a scary time, um, but economies bounce back. If you lose people, they don't come back, and our people pretty important. I don't think that there's a family on this planet who would raise their hand and say, yes, I'd be willing to sacrifice one or more members of my family as long as I knew the economy was going to be stable for the next three years. I re- find, me, find me a family that would say that and I will eat my words. I doubt we'd find one. Um, so anyway, maybe Rick, a neighbor or maybe, you know. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> now, Rick. No, 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 no. no it's too just soon. A, too it's... soon. <laughs> no, it just, you know, I'm not trying to be preachy. I just feel, I, in fact, I, tw- I, I said something on Twitter today that um, I, I retweeted uh, an article or a post uh, that someone had reported from. London, that a man in his 30s who was confirmed on Monday to be his county's first confirmed case of COVID-19, he's in his 30s, was confirmed on Monday, to have yesterday, to have COVID-19, was just admitted to the intensive care unit at a local hospital. And, and I retweeted that and I said, I don't think this, this unfortunately messaging in the mainstream news is not consistent. And so since it's not consistent, 
everybody gets their news from a different place. And so not everyone is getting the message that they need to hear. And I, the biggest misconception right now, uh, while yes, a majority of fatalities for COVID-19 are your o- older citizens, um, senior citizens, so forth, that may be true. However, it does, right now, more than 50%, a majority of the cases in New York alone, which is one of the biggest hotspots in the United States right now, gee, I'm, you know, I've always said how much I love that I'm only two hours away from New York City. Not so much right now. Um, more than half of those cases are people 18 to 49 years old who are very sick. So just because you're younger, you're less likely to die of COVID-19, sure, but it doesn't mean you're not going to get incredibly sick. Um, and I think that's a big misconception. So, yes, the Olympics needed to be canceled. Worlds needed to be canceled because just because you're younger does not mean you're safe. It does not mean you're immune. It does not mean that you may just simply be asymptomatic and maybe you would unfortunately pass it on to an older family member who could get very sick. No, you could also get very sick. Um, I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> Didn't mean to get well, on my to, soapbox. Uh, you know, just but. to support that, you, you mentioned the Olympics and, and I was reading uh, about Cameron Vanderberg. Um, um, he's a, a, an athlete, a, a, a gold medal swimmer, um, from South Africa. Uh, he won gold at the 2012 uh, Summer Olympics in London. Um, and he was diagnosed. Um, he's now 31 years old. Uh, he's a world-class athlete. He's kept up his conditioning. Um, and um, he had uh, no underlying medical con- condition, um, relatively uh, young by, by the, the, the standards out there. Um, but go look for Cameron Vanderberg's tweets about how this has hit him, how this has affected him, how this has, has uh, just knocked him for a loop. Um, he talks about his multi-week battle um, with this, um, how it had an immediate effect on, on his health, his conditioning, and that going forward, um, you know, the research says that even those people that recover uh, are going to have a 20 to 30 percent loss in in uh, lung functioning uh, going forward. So, um, you know, for those people who say, oh, well, it's you know, it'll it'll pass through and and uh, and m- most people recover. Yes, but there are there are consequences. Um, again, we're talking about Olympics. Look for um, Cameron Vanderberg's tweets on that. Uh, speaking of tweets, and to kind of turn this a bit um, lighter, um, the one, one of the sad things is that uh, one of the other announcements this week is that the CHL playoffs um, have been canceled. They had canceled mm-hmm. their regular season, but but um, have now made the decision to cancel all uh, the OHL, WHL, QMJHL playoffs, and sadly, the Memorial Cup. Um, and That's with true. with that announcement yesterday, um, Isaac Radcliffe, um, Flyers prospect, uh, and former teammate of Nick Suzuki um, with uh, the Guelph Storm, Isaac Radcliffe tweeted, uh, well, I guess we're still the defending OHL champs then, aren't we? <laughs> well, darn it, I guess you could say that. 
Oh, well, and I guess that means that the Newfoundland Growlers are still the Kelly Cup champions. Indeed they are. Wow. See, there's a silver lining to every bit of bad news. What a positive outlook from that young man. Hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, uh, we are going, you're not, as we said last week, we're going to keep bringing you all of this news as it happens. Some of it, maybe you've heard a little bit about some of it. You probably haven't. And so that's what we are here for next week on from the press box. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, we will have plenty of, of up to the date, up to the minute uh, news and, and information for you. In addition, we have a special guest joining us this week. Uh, Russ Cohen uh, is uh, well-known in the hockey prospects circles. Uh, he does a lot of his writing uh, on the Philadelphia Flyers and the Philadelphia Flyers um, prospects. However, uh, he's very well-versed in the NCAA and NCAA prospects um, and uh, has written a number of books. In fact, he's got a couple of books coming out uh, very soon. And so he's going to join us next week uh, and uh, talk a little bit about prospects, uh, the canceling of the NCAA season. And we're going to talk about his new book that's coming out uh, that you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be a, a great read. So be sure you don't miss next week's episode. Lots of great information and a special guest joining us as well. Um, Again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report, at All Habs for Rick, at Flyers Rule for me. And Rick, of course, uh, if people do, and I highly recommend, if they do want to go back and listen to last past Saturday's episode of Canadians Connection or any past episodes of any of our podcasts, um, if they want to hear that segment with you and Joe on Jeff Molson, uh, where can they go to, to find all of our great podcast episodes? For the Canadians Connection, it's easy. It's canadiansconnection.com. That will take you to um, our page on allhabs.net, uh, which will um, you can choose from any of the the uh, the back issues, uh, the back uh, uh, shows, um, including that one that just aired um, on uh, Saturday. Uh, for um, uh, things like the From the Press Box podcast, you mentioned. Uh, Chris's um, uh, uh, rocket notepad. You can go to uh, ahl.report or ahlreport.com. Uh, also works, uh, and there's uh, there's information um, there for you uh, to keep you busy. Um, and we also have a dedicated podcast specific website. Uh, it is rocketsportsradio.com and rocketsportsradio.com. It's all the podcasts. Uh, from from the press box and uh, Canadians Connection uh, that you could ever want. Excellent. Make sure you listen, uh, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us again. We know it's a it's a difficult time for everyone, whether you're a sports fan or not. But we will be here reliably providing you with uh, information, news, entertainment, engagement, you name it. Uh, and we thank you so much for being here with us. Have a great week. Grab a cheesesteak if you can. Not glossettes. Grab a raisinette. Grab some raisinettes. Grab a cheesesteak. Enjoy time at home with your family and your loved ones. Keep everyone safe. And we will meet you right back here again next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report.